I, I, maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> After further review, and David the Man got Harris here on the phone lines. We're gonna go with the NBA preseason preview for you here, as the preseason has already started out. Uh, don't get too hyped for the preseason. Just like NFL preseason, you don't see everybody playing. Um, obviously, it's more for guys that are trying to make the league. You know, their final shot at making the, the final roster. But it's always fun to see all four sports going on in the month of October. Probably one of the busiest sports months quite opposite in the month of july where it's pretty boring anyway david uh what you got going on for us yeah so of course nba is starting back up and media day was recently and so it gives you a little bit of time as teams are starting to formalize the final rosters talk about particularly in the eastern conference top eight storylines and then kind of teams to watch out for and we'll just get it right off the bat. I think the Chicago Bulls will make the playoffs this year. Um, Why? I think a lot more people are going to be surprised with what Wendell Carter develops into than I think a lot of people anticipate. Because with rookies, you never know. Kind of, There's some rookies that are kind of fringe starters that are trying to find their way, but I think just the way that Wendell Carter will fit within to that system in Chicago, I think I think he'll play well. Like he will play consistently enough at a you know high level to where there's not gonna be this I guess the best place like there won't be a lot of transition needed, transition time needed. And I think there's still a lot of players on that roster who still have a lot to prove. So I think they rallied together, and now with uh, LeBron going out west, that leaves a little kind of vacuum within the playoffs. Well, kind of playoffs clear. Let's 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 pump the brakes here. Uh, Wendell Carter, I think, will be uh, probably a steal for the the Bulls, and he'll do very well. But uh, who else is on this team, David? That's going to help them propel them into the the the. the the playoffs because they didn't even sniff the playoffs and the East was weak last year. Well, I, mean, I think I don't want to say it's because of new coaching style or system, but well, what new coaching style? They're going to be running the same coaching style with uh, Fred Hoiberg. But, I mean, the players that they brought in last year, specifically from Chicago. So thinking about another year of marketing and getting developed, another year. Like and I'm like I'm 100. percent I think still think Chris Dunn is a decent point guard. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like I know a lot of people were like, oh, Chris Dunn, top five player coming out of Providence. It's like, but like that transition from the Minnesota run to Chicago, more it's more college style with Fred Horberg. 
And then the X Factor, I think Zach Levine will have a decent year this year. And by decent, like, obviously he's not going to be an all-star because in the Eastern Conference, they're loaded at that 2-3 position. But I think Zach Levine can play at least up to a, you know, a six, six-man caliber level in terms of his production, which he's never really done the majority of his career. I think they can sneak into the playoffs in the back, you know, on the back alley, and then in the playoffs, is anything can happen. But yeah, I, I think Wendell Carter will surprise a lot of people, and people will be like, "This this kid is going to be good." Any other uh, accusations, accusations, or or any actors, you know, any other pickups the Bulls got? Um. Not that, not that I think would be like superstar talent or star talent, but I mean, in this day and age, if you can have a decent one to eight, one to nine, you'll be good. And I'll, this, they kind of remind me in similar ways to in Indiana, where their starting five is good, but then kind of going to the bench, it's like, well, who is going to be really their starting five? Ooh, that's a good question. How is that? I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's let's face it here. You got Laurie Markkinen. Uh, you got, you got Robin, Robin Lopez at the center, which he he started. And you had Laurie Markkinen. You had Justin Holiday at the two guard. You had Chris Dunn at the one, and then you had Zach Levine. Were pretty much your stars until I think believe he messed his knee up in the middle of the season. Um, Bobby Portis possibly coming off the bench. He kind of filled in on certain nights in, in the starting role. They also picked up Omer Asik. Omer played there a few years ago. Uh, you also got, like I said, Wendell Carter. But once again, though, you're still forgetting somebody, though, David, that they, the acquisition, acquisition, acquisition that they picked up that could really help this team. Oh. I can see his face too. Right, 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 right. I mean, this is a, this is just a, getting off to a fantastic start for this NBA preseason preview. Well, I mean, it, it's also the Bulls, and so uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, come on, David, you don't come in here with the preseason preview. You know, give me something, give me something to eat off of. I mean, who's the guy that they picked up that could possibly possibly be the X factor for them to make the playoffs? If you're gonna say they're gonna be trying to make in the playoffs. The thing is, like, we don't know how Jabari Parker is going to look. Okay. Well, we, yeah, we do know. We know that Jabari Parker, when he plays, is a, a borderline all-star and someone that can make an impact for a team. Now, the only problem that he's had is that his knees. When he's in Milwaukee and he's healthy, he was being really productive, and he was looking like he was going to have an all-star season until he tore his ACL. That's the only problem with Jabari Parker. Is he's, he's injury-prone. But that's the thing, though. Now, where where do you, where does he fit in? Do you do you start Chris Dunn, have Zach Levine at the two, Jabari and Wendell at the three and the four, and Markinen maybe the center, and kind of do small ball? Do you have Robin Lopez at the center? You know, give you some minutes. Do you bring in Bobby Portis? I mean, you're right. This team is a little bit better. There is there is a lot of unknowns. But I think the big factor for the Bulls, if they want to make the playoffs, is 
really the injury factor, but the main thing is Jabari. If he can play like he played in Milwaukee, uh, I think it was a couple seasons ago before the knee injury, this this could be a heck of a team. But if not, they're going to be in the middle of the pack, and and that's the, that's the question you got to ask yourself. Uh, Felicio is going to be pretty good coming off the bench. They got a really solid bench. Antonio Blackney is not bad, um, but. Uh, I don't. Denzel Valentine's another one you're gonna have to wonder about. What, what is he gonna do? Is he he needs to start figuring out his role in the NBA? Is he gonna be a guy that uh, utility guy that does everything for you, or is he just gonna be a jump shooter? I mean, because sometimes he can hit that three, and then sometimes he's the utility guy. But I think at this point he needs to figure that out. So a lot of question marks for the Bulls. I wasn't really picking them to be in the playoffs. I think they might be in the hunt. But the, the, the key thing with them is is that it's going to look like they're going to have to deal with the, the injury factor. Same thing, you know, Chris Dunn was out because after he dunked and messed up his mouth. So that's that's their one problem. We're going to move off the Bulls and, and, and keep going on to other teams. We got to, you know, we got to keep moving. And, kind of the, and we'll start off with the reigning conference champs, I guess, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. And a lot of the storylines, media day, kind of, the biggest storyline was Tristan Thompson coming out and saying, you know, until someone beats them, namely the Boston, Philadelphia, uh, Toronto, which are the three top competitors, it's still Cleveland's confidence to lose. And understand confidence-wise, you want to kind of, you know, pat yourself on the back. And, I mean, technically he is right, but there's kind of a little bit of a missing piece. There's kind of one important person that I think Tristan forgot like left because and maybe it's because there wasn't a decision like TV show so we didn't get like, the news yet but like LeBron is not in Cleveland anymore and when last season if we're just going to be honest how many times were we looking for Tristan Thompson primarily in the playoffs I mean there were a lot of times when Tristan Thompson didn't play in the playoffs there are a lot of times in which Tristan Thompson gave you single digits in terms of points and rebounds in the playoffs. And these are like in playoffs, win or go home, like the most important games. And so now with LeBron James gone, and is this team basically going to be a team with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love as the anchors? Like that. That's not going to work, like in any league, in any era. Because Tristan Thompson's really, is he really like that big man that you want inside? And we know Kevin Love doesn't want to staying down low because he just wants to shoot the three ball. And so, I understand the confidence. I understand that technically it's right. But I, I don't think that the Eastern Conference will roll through Cleveland by any stretch of imagination. I'm... I know last time that LeBron left, like they dropped down, you know, 20, 25 wins. Well, I think they'll go that low. Probably not, but they they won't sniff the playoffs, I don't think, this year. And it's the LeBron effect. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, David. Uh, I mean... Tristan Thompson, you're right. He's always been an 8-8 an eight eight guy, 8 points, 8 rebounds. Probably shouldn't be making the money that he's making for what the production he's had. But I think this is a Cleveland team that wants to prove that the guys can actually play. And 
the LeBron effect is that he's been very ball dominant. And to be honest with you, the the, the, the this Cavaliers team, let's, let's let's be honest with you, is a lot better than the Cleveland Cavaliers team that the first time that LeBron James left. And one of the reasons is with um, Kevin Love. And to be honest with you, Kevin Love totally changed his game. If we're going to talk about the LeBron effect, uh, from being a banger down low with the Minnesota Timberwolves, also having that great 15 mid, 15 foot mid range jumper, occasionally hitting the three when he wanted to. He was a bigger body two back then as well. So really, Kevin Love has a versatile game. I think what you fail to realize, David, is that that LeBron effect, same thing that happened to Chris Bosh. Those two guys really sacrificed the most out of their games when LeBron played with them. Guys were dominant with, you know, Bosch was dominant with the Raptors. Love was dominant with the Timberwolves. Game was totally different. Now that you're coming into this season, you probably aren't going to see Love take as many threes. Now, I, I think he might not bang down low as much because he did lose the weight. Now, when he was bigger, he could, he could take that punishment. But I really think that this Cavs team... They're going to make the playoffs now. Are they going to be the team that's going to come out of the East? Eh, probably not. Uh, but I still think that this team could probably be a fourth or fifth seed. And like I mentioned before, a, a lot of these guys, I, I believe, have a chip on their shoulder because it, it they were embarrassed. I mean, J.R. Smith was embarrassed. Uh, uh, Tristan Thompson was embarrassed. Kevin Love, you know, it it, it, it you could tell. And, I've, and, and even when I went to the MAC tournament and talked to some people uh, that were in the media, the local media there in Cleveland, the LeBron effect is not always the best. It's, yeah, you're winning. Um, it kind of helps your personal brand because you're, you're on TV a lot with LeBron. But your game suffers. That's why Kyrie Irving said, I'm not getting I'm getting the heck out of here. You know, I don't want to play LeBron because he knows that he can do a lot more as a player without LeBron. And that's what I think going to be proven here is that they're going to realize, well, they're going to count us out. Uh, and I think that they'll play better team ball. I think some guys now will finally say, Ooh, I can actually showcase my skills. Because for, for, to be honest with you, when you play with LeBron, there's a lot of sacrificing that goes on. And there's going to be some guys as games elevate with LeBron, and there's going to be some guys that don't elevate at all. And I think with with this Cavs team, I think don't be surprised. You know, Kevin Love, Kevin Love's an all-star. When LeBron left the last time, I don't believe they had like Mo Williams. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, that's just that's just ludicrous. I don't think this Cavs team is going to be a team that only wins 15, 16 games. They actually have some pretty decent talent. Um, but like I said, the, the Cavs, though, have to think to themselves, though, do we hit rock bottom and try to build up or do we try to compete and be in that hamster wheel of the fourth or fifth seed? You know, Colin Sexton will be a pretty decent um, player. Um, Rodney Hood, I think, has a lot to prove as well. Um, so this will be a totally different dynamic team. Are they going to be the beasts of the East? No, but I wouldn't be saying that these guys are going to be the least of the East and be at the total bottom of the, of the conference. And I think Tristan Thompson um, wants to prove that he's a better player and he's worth $17 million a year. So I, I really think they'll probably be as high. I can see the highest fourth, obviously lowest eighth, but I think they'll be a, still a playoff team. I mean, these guys have been through the the ringer of the finals and everything. Yeah, and I think I think when I look at that roster, at least the roster that it was last year, there were a lot of you know, there was a lot of perimeter shooting. So they brought in kind of a lot of 
pure shooters, but I think because that team is so veteran and so experienced, I mean, there's not a whole lot of guys that are in between that rookie, you know, first three years versus guys that have been in the league pushing eight, nine, ten. So I think that will help immensely in terms of the development of the guys like the Sexton in particular. But yeah, I think it's just good. there are, like you said, a lot of chips on shoulders, namely kind of those veterans that were brought in last year. Can they be those savvy veterans that kind of keep the ship moving along, knowing that roles are going to shift around? And I, I think this will probably end up being Kevin Love's team in similar ways to when it was in Minnesota. All right. Keep moving on. And so I think in terms for me, the winner of the Eastern Conference this year will be the Boston Celtics. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, big surprise. But I think what my biggest question would be, what is the starting, what is the starting five going to look like come midseason? Why? And I, and I think because at the beginning it's going to be you want to get Kyrie's love. You want to get Gordon Hayward back involved into the rhythm. But then that looks at the guys like the Jason uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, kind of what what are their roles adjusted, knowing that without these two last year, they were almost, you know, they almost beat Cleveland with LeBron James. And so I say midseason because at some point, someone's going to want more minutes. Someone's going to want to kind of not be happy with their role. And there were, there's a lot of conversation among NBA circles that, you know, is Kyrie going to stay, even though Kyrie said he's going to verbal commit to staying long-term. So it's like, there's only one basketball to get around and someone's going to want more shots. Someone's going to want more minutes. And so that chemistry in a lot of ways, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the team chemistry develops come midseason once Kyrie Irving is back to his form, once Gordon Hayward kind of starts getting back into his form and his rhythm. But we see the similar kind of consistency from Mason Tatum, even if he may not have the same amount of minutes or ball usage. Mm-hmm. So there's just, just a lot of curiosity in terms of what the team will look like once the season gets going and people start seeing what their role might be the rest even. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I think they are going to be the favorites out of the East. Um, and I, it, it, this is a good team. Um, but I don't know. I, I Just wait and see. Uh, I think that also there's some teams... I, I, I really wonder... I'm trying to think. Uh, Washington, how are they going to do? I think they're going to be in the mix. I think this is going to be, the Eastern Conference is going to be one of those dark horse leagues where we're probably going to see certain favorites that might be pretty good, and then the guys will, will come up and, uh, you know, kind of shock us. Like, I'm kind of wor- I'm wondering uh, uh, what's, who's on, like, for instance, the Pistons with Dwayne Casey, new coach. You know, they're, they're yeah. going to change up. Uh, I don't think Charlotte, once again, David. Once again, he's, uh, let's see here, David. David's probably going to have to call us back or something. David, you there? Yep. Yeah, your phone, is, is it's been kind of crazy all day. Uh, Brooklyn, obviously, is going to be 
straight <laughs> say, say this trash. They're not that good. Toronto with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic there. Uh, I know, um, you know, Lowry and and DeRozan uh, were good friends, and Toronto talked about family, and then they traded Demar DeRozan. But but it was obvious that Toronto wasn't going to go anywhere with Lowry and DeRozan. I, I've always and I hate to say this. I think DeRozan is a pretty good player. Uh, but I, I thought that out of anyone that was overhyped in the NBA was him. Uh, I think he's very solid. I think he will help the San Antonio Spurs in a great role player uh, situation. And I'm not saying he's a role player. I think he could be. You know, he can be an All Star and 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 whatnot. But this isn't a guy that I would build my franchise around to try to take us to a championship. You're going to be highly disappointed. And I think the Raptors kind of felt felt that way, and they said, you know, what, we got to make the move here because getting knocked out in the second round and not to mention they also fired their coach who's probably one of the most successful coaches in their <laughs> franchise history so that they had to know that it was stuff that was going to be, be coming so we'll, we'll, like I said we'll see what, what happens with them I, I think Toronto and Boston probably will be battling it out for Eastern Conference supremacy but we'll, we'll see yeah and two other teams that people are going to obviously look at Milwaukee just because it's like, okay, Giannis, time for you to take that next step. Now that Jabari's left, now this is more so your team and kind of you're the guy and kind of living up to the expectations and the potential that we've seen. And so I think someone was talking on ESPN about this transition from talking about potential to you know, performance and who you actually are. And so are we at that point to where, like, is there more room for Giannis to grow? Which there obviously is, but, like, wait to see that. And then, of course, the circus that is the Philadelphia 76ers. Now that apparently Markel Fultz has a shot. Well, I don't don't know if I would call that a circus. They're probably the most solidified team in this conference. I mean, the top three teams are already Toronto, Boston, and the Philly. Those are your top three teams that are probably going to battle for uh, getting out of the East. Then you're going to have to look at possibly Cleveland, Milwaukee's in the mix there, Indiana, um, possibly um, the Washington, Washington Wizards. You can't forget about them. Also Miami Heat, maybe if they can do a deal to get Jimmy Butler. Um, that's that that that's that, that's what I said. I mean, that's why I think the Bulls they might not make the playoffs. They might be on the outside. Looking at the New York Knicks uh, with Fisdale, they got a new coach. Hopefully, they can turn that around. So, like I said, the Eastern Conference is going to be interesting. I understand that the 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 West with all with LeBron and the Golden State and the Rockets, you know that that's that's the fun and games and entertaining conference. But I think the Eastern Conference, you know, is it, going to be actually fun. And I think that's something that some people need to look at with the NBA. They always just talk about, well, there's only the same old teams and it's not competitive. But now you look in the Eastern Conference, it's it's pretty much up in the air for anyone. You got three teams that can probably be legit Eastern Conference and maybe possible title contenders, depending on what happens out, out west, who gets knocked off. And then you got some other guys that have stuff to prove and other guys that are saying that maybe we're going to change up the narrative here. So I think that the Eastern Conference is going to be very interesting this year. Not going to be boring. No, and I think kind of for the basketball diehards, who values kind of team ball and kind of the 
the nitty gritty where it's kind of the wild west is everyone that's you know scores 150 a game. Like I wouldn't be surprised if whoever ends up with the number one overall seed is within kind of that 60 to 63 win team, like win range, kind of just. And then every from there, I think the, the playoffs, at least in the Eastern Conference, probably if you can get 45, 50 wins, then I think you'll have some. But yeah, this going to be a lot of interesting storylines, a lot of teams. Uh, and then one last thing that I noticed more recently this past week, Charlotte Hornets, what are you doing with your family membership and having a line for your wife and having a line for your girlfriend? Like, come on, man. A what? And so when I was send the link and post it on the AFR Sports page, uh, Sports Show page, but one of the players, I believe it was Frank Kaminsky, Tweeted uh, tweeted out an image of uh, credential applications for the players or the members of the organization to fill out, and there was a line to write the name of your wife, of course, or your spouse, and then right underneath it was a line for you to enter the name of your girlfriend. Like, well, like, how some people look at that, that you, yeah, you got a wife and a side chick, but the, what they probably did it. it, it the, Anyone else looking at this as a sane person would probably look at it and say, "Yeah, you, if you got a girlfriend, you can't call her your wife or anything like that." So this differentiated, they put another column for girlfriend. I mean, that makes sense. I don't think that was to, to, to purposely put the wife, and then if these players got a girlfriend, put them down too. You know, the, I mean, if, if, they, if that's the case, then they should have just had wife, girlfriend, and side chick. I mean, I mean, that's probably what they probably should have wrote then but that i just think that's just they were just doing it to be respectful for the two separate categories no and i i mean i completely understood what they were trying to get because again if you're thinking about a rookie or a second year player right like most like most of them are 19 you know 18 19 20 years old 21 right, right. like they ain't got a like they ain't got a wife right like, exactly yeah, like that but i know and i think it was Stan Van Gundy who made it kind of joke about this this past week it's like there are there are some veterans who have both and it was kind of like whoa <laughs> and, you know well, we you all know how, we all yeah. know yeah we, we okay yeah we we do know that in professional sports that these these athletes do have multiple women i mean we're not gonna sit there and play dumb and that not all of them are faithful and yeah we know the storyline we know the, the the saga here so yeah <laughs> Yeah, that that is uh, that is kind of true though, uh, David. We're gonna have to wrap this up though, man. Yeah. So the Eastern Conference, I again, I think Boston is gonna win it. I think they'll come out east, but I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if Toronto or Philly for the ones that were representing come June. Yeah, I I think that that could be it. Those three teams are the, right now for me preseason pick to possibly come out of the East. Maybe Boston getting a slight edge, but I will kind of agree with you too as well that they got to find out, figure out a rotation here because Tatum and Brown played really well with Hayward and Irving out. Now Hayward and Irving are back. What are they going to do in a lesser role? Now you would think, okay, they go to the bench. Man, that really strains the bench. But you know, sometimes some guys just can't play in that that role. To be honest with you, so it just. We'll just see what what happens. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun NBA season. 
just just in general. But yeah, especially those teams that we saw veterans coming back from injury. How are they going to fit in, and kind of how much are the boats going to rock? Yeah, it'll it'll be. Yeah, that that is that is totally true. But man, thanks for the we could we're kind of long winded here with this segment. But you know, you got to get all the teams in and you can get our uh, um, I guess opinions on on uh, on on our on our basically on what we think. Uh, David, we got planned for the weekend, man. Right, football across the board. Of course, this weekend's homecoming. Oh, and, I mean, did we're you come up BG, to Toledo? So. Oh, I don't know about that one, David. Just talking about beating BG, you know, you got to be kind of careful because the last time they were up here in the glass bowl, it took a last minute or a last second touchdown by Kareem the Dream Hunt to get the win. Yeah, I mean, you know, eight years going on nine. I like our chances. That, that is that is totally true. You're right, but yeah, go Rockets! It is homecoming, huh? It should be a nice day out there. I won't be in town. I'll be at a coach's clinic. And by the way, it's on ESPN Plus. So it's not on ESPN three. It's not on ESPN U. It's on ESPN Plus with an additional subscription to watch that unless you do the free trial. Yeah, make that fake email. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. Like I said, uh, have fun down there and uh, go Rockets. Go Rockets. See you next week. All right, man. That was David the Man. I got Harris. Give me the NBA preview in the winners and losers segment. We had Frank earlier in the show with this NHL power play. It's been a presentation of 88.3 After further review, make sure you check us out on SoundCloud and after further review and rate us for our podcast. For Frank and David, I'm Derek Lawson. We're going to get on out of here. Another great day here. And once again, go Rockets and beat that team down south. Peace. We're out after further review.